say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. women's football land, this is Cleat Sheets. I am your host, Erin Redwood Truex of the Boston Renegades. I am not joined by Jody Moose Raylander of the Minnesota Vixen. It's a lot. We will get into it. I feel like I should say off the jump, we are not fighting. We haven't had this tumultuous breakup. There was no fisticuffs on the football field on championship weekend. We simply decided to take a different approach to wrap up the 2022 season, and that is why I am here recording solo for this Cleat Sheets Mini. Truth be told, I have recorded this a few times over now. There's many things I love about being from California, the superiority complex, the constant tan growing up, the ability to just pick an avocado off a tree walking down the street and not having to spend $5 for it. But all of those things aside, the thing I don't like about being from California is the Valley Girl, vocal fry, surfer dude, whatever you want to call it, that I hear in my voice when I'm recording solo. So I have actually recorded this episode a few times over and truthfully re-listened to it and just heard the grating noise coming out of my vocal cords and I hated it. So I have chosen to record it again and again and again, and if this doesn't work, I'll just never listen to it, like the majority of people in the world. (laughs) But in all seriousness, I want to start off the podcast episode with a quick thank you. I never thought that we would get the listenership that we did, thousands of downloads, the subscribers that we do have, the individuals that listen. This is not just a podcast on women's football, but it's a podcast just on the Women's Football Alliance, which is a very niche market. And the fact that we have listeners and people tuning in, people that donate to the podcast and support us through Patreon is pretty remarkable. So from the bottom of my heart, I really thank you all for tuning in and listening to us and supporting us. And I don't know where Cleat Sheets goes from here. I've been pretty candid about what the next few months look like for me, and I'll get into it a little bit. But before we sort of look ahead, we're going to take a quick look back, and I'm going to share a bit about what happened on Championship Weekend, why we're choosing to record the way that we have, and 
we will share a bit about where we're going from here. So obviously, I am recording solo. My co-host, Jody Moose-Raylander of the Minnesota Vixen, will be recording a separate podcast episode to share a bit about her feelings on Championship Weekend. I think eventually we might have a debrief together to sort of share what we thought of the entire weekend. Maybe not debrief our game together, but talk about what each of us experienced in Canton this past July. Uh, So she will have her opportunity to speak. This is my opportunity really just to share what I'm feeling, what I'm going through, and talk a little bit about the game and what that weekend looked like. So truthfully, I have really struggled to sit down and really unpack what the weekend meant. So if you've been living under a rock and somehow are listening to this podcast, but have no idea what I'm talking about, the 2022 Women's Football Alliance Pro Division National Championship was completed in Canton, Ohio. The Boston Renegades were victorious, winning the game 32 to 12 over the Minnesota Vixen in a rematch of the 2021 National Championship. The weekend itself, I really want to break down before we get into the game. And for all of the negatives I feel like I say about the league, about the progression of the sport, I do feel like this weekend really turned a corner for women's football. I'm excited by the sponsorships we're getting. We were on ESPN2. The coverage was astronomical. I'm seeing news articles from The Globe, from SportsCenter, from ESPN, NFL coverage, all of it. It's all remarkable. And so I feel like we're just building on the momentum year after year, which is really exciting. And I'm really grateful that that is happening for the sport. Now, the game itself. This weekend was a blur in ways I could have never anticipated. So 2021 was this magical turning of the corner by getting the phone call that Robert Kraft was going to fly the Renegades to the national championship, giving us this special treatment of being able to tour the Pro Football Hall of Fame and giving us a send off from Gillette. And all these things went into 2021 that felt magical and surreal. And it's like experiencing it for the first time gave you these waves of emotions you could have never anticipated. And for 2022, truly... I had to grapple so much with the anxiety of the whole thing while still trying to remain grateful. I feel like it's what a lot of people in football experience. We're supposed to be grateful for the opportunities that we do get and the coverage that we do get, but we haven't gotten shit in the grand scheme of things. We have so much more to unearth and unpack and achieve as women's football players, whether it's mainstream coverage or notoriety or just the recognition for what we give to the sport. So 2022 was this weird juxtaposition of being super, super excited and super grateful and feeling all of the feelings. And then this deep anxiety of needing to prove it all and needing to continue to perform and feeling like I wasn't prepared and I wasn't ready for what the weekend was going to entail. And it's so shitty because I have felt like this when it comes to football at times where we have the best coaches and I have the best teammates and I have a team that kicks ass and takes names and does all of these things. And I still don't feel like I've done enough and I've worked hard enough. And it's really weird to 
be on the field and win a national title and feel like I didn't earn it because I feel like there's still something left in the tank. I feel like I haven't done all I need to do in order to be successful. And it's not a knock on any of our competitors. This is me purely speaking from the heart, and I don't want to get anyone saying that I'm attacking the Vixen or attacking any of our opponents this year. But speaking purely from my perspective, the games and the product on the football field and my experience on the football field, by and large, felt easy. It felt attainable and accessible and easy. And I don't know if that's because we have become like a machine and our coaches prepare us in such a way that we're ready for anything and we're good to go. But I struggle with feeling like I haven't put my best product on the field and I haven't worked my ass off and I haven't gotten myself into the shape I need to be to be the best athlete I can be. And yet I'm still reaching the pinnacle and reaching the highest part and highest point you can get in women's football. And I don't feel like I deserve it. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why I struggle with that, why that's in the back of my head, but it's there and it lingers. And I just, I sit with it and I really struggle with that hanging over my head. And I don't know what the future holds. I have been pretty candid on previous episodes that I do think football is it for me. And I do think this is it for me. I don't, I don't see myself playing any future years. I don't see myself suiting up for another game, another snap, anything. I just, I've really lost the joy in the sport. And I don't know if I'm going to keep putting myself out there and keep putting myself in a situation where I'm just sort of going through the motions and not enjoying it. And I don't know how long I can really fake it till I make it. So with that said, I'm sure we'll have more conversations about what the future of Bleach Sheets looks like and what that means for me and what it means for me playing football. But I'm really struggling. And if anyone has ever had that moment where they wonder if they move forward with football or they wonder if this is it, or maybe it's not it. And truthfully, I've had way more injuries than I care to admit. And I've allowed myself to really get distracted by things and situations that I have no control over. But if anyone's really struggled with figuring out what the end is, I would encourage you to reach out to Cleat Sheets either on Facebook or on Instagram. We're pretty easy to find, but that's, that's something I'm really grappling with right now, really where I go from here. So I want to break down the game itself a little bit. ESPN2, phenomenal coverage, really exciting. It's difficult to put into words what that game meant because I didn't feel a lot. There's, I've talked about feeling like I'm underwater or feeling like I'm disconnected. And I don't know if it was the fact that it was a 2 p.m. start or it was the heat where it was a common opponent that we had faced off again and we were using the same locker rooms and we'd been there before and we entered the gate the same way, but it all just felt muted. I remember having a really hard time walking into that game and getting fired up and getting excited. It just, everything felt muted and it felt like it was really hard to get amped up and get excited and going over everything. And it was 
fucking hot. Anyone that went to the game knows what I'm talking about. Anyone that played in the game knows what I'm talking about. It's the first time, and we played in St. Louis in 90-degree weather, which was miserable, but it's the first time I've ever played where it felt like my feet were on fire. It felt like my feet were literally... I was stepping on irons. They were wrapped in a hot blanket. I can't even put it into words. It was the strangest experience I've ever had in my entire life. And I remember taking the field and going on that opening drive, receiving the ball on kickoff and taking the field with Shantae under center and just feeling like we're going to win this game. It was never a question. It was never a doubt. That's not to knock our competitors or game plan or anything, but I walked into that game and I went through that opening drive and I just thought, okay, there's nothing they can do. There's nothing this team can do to stop us. And I felt that because we ran the ball. We worked our asses off to improve our run game with the loss of Allison Cahill and then adding in Shantae Bonds as our quarterback and knowing who we had as running back. I feel like after that opening drive and what we did marching down the field, it was like, okay, we're going to just play our game. Like this is decided. This is what we're going to do. Game plan's fine. We're going to be fine. And then defense goes out and we had a bit of a scare with Aaron Kelly trying to connect with Sam Barber in their opening play. The pass was overthrown a little bit. If Sam had reeled that in, I think that would have been probably a touchdown or a pretty significant gain. But it really felt like that was the last play that gave me anxiety and gave me any sense of nervousness. I feel like our defense was stifling. I have a couple players on our defense that I look at. I think of Spring Gamble in particular that are just monsters on the field. I think about Solina Pasquale, who's a new addition for us. And I almost had to laugh at times because I have to go up against those two in all of our defense, but those two in particular, having to go up against them in practice sucks. It just sucks. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. It makes you better, but at what cost? It also makes you question if you should even be playing football. But to go up against them and then have to see and get to see them going up against another team That was the first game I got to see them in action, really shutting down an offense. And it was just fucking exciting and enjoyable. And I enjoyed every minute of it. Offensively, we started a chant internally at the end of the game that every touchdown was a rushing touchdown. We knew that the offensive line was going to be integral to our success. I felt like we communicated really well. We had a few different formations. My one complaint of the broadcast is they didn't realize we put in an entirely new quarterback in the middle of the game and continued to call Heather Marini, our quarterback from Australia, Shantae Bonds, who is not Heather Marini. Pretty obvious they're not the same person in stature, in appearance, number on the back of their jersey. So that was pretty frustrating. But I say that because I feel like our offense was ready to fire on all cylinders was ready to put in any formation we needed to to run the ball. We didn't have a heavy passing game, but having seen what Shantae has done in previous games, we had been without Cahill a few games at that point. I know that we could have passed the ball if we needed to, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And there was no stopping our run game. So why stop our run game? The addition of Tuti Kusinen has been a force. Ruth Mata continues to deliver. And then the emergence of Katie Falkowski, who has been a force in the backfield 
perfect attendance has just delivered time and again and being a huge presence in the backfield and a great teammate. I just, I wouldn't want to play against our offense. And I don't even say that as someone on the offensive line and to toot our own horn. It's just, I look at our backfield and I think, what the fuck are you going to do? What are you going to do? You want to stop Tutti? You, you're tired. You're going to put in your best defense to stop her. Great. We're going to sub her out and we're going to put Ruth in. We're going to have Ruth and Tutti in at the same time. Oh, and we're going to have Shantae Bonds in at quarterback who can run past your defensive line. Like, I don't know what to say. And it doesn't sound humble. (laughs) I don't really fucking care at this point. I just have that much pride in my teammates and what they did. And I'm really grateful that they are on my side of the ball and I get to play alongside them and not against them. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens in Finland with the national team because Ruth is playing for Great Britain. We have Tutti playing for Finland and then a lot of Boston players playing for Team USA. Heather is playing for Australia. So I get to watch from afar, (laughs) seeing what it's like having a bunch of Boston players play each other. But damn, I look at the offense that we were able to build and I'm incredibly proud of them. And even if you look at our offense and you think there's names that weren't even really called their difference makers. Like you hardly heard about Adrian Smith in the championship game, but she was blocking her ass off. She was being a distraction because you know, the second you let up on doing pass protection and you focus too much up the middle, Adrian would have burned you. It's just, I'm so proud of our offensive game plan and what our offense was able to do. I just, I genuinely from the jump felt that there was no stopping us. And would I have said that five minutes into the game if someone asked me? No, of course not. But looking back, I'm going to sit with my feelings and I'm going to be honest about what it felt like. And the game ended up being a pretty significant blowout early on. Again, 32-12 to end the game. Fixin were able to score and connect in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't really about them. And that game was entirely about what Boston needed to do and what we needed to prove because I feel like there's always been these asterisks with what we're doing. And it's always been, oh, we're only good because of X, or we're only good because of this player. And for a long time, it was Whitney, Whitney Zeely. And then it was Ali Genero. And then it was Allison Cahill. And the fact that we lost our quarterback, arguably the most important position and we lost her on the field. And I am specific in saying we lost her on the field because Lord knows she did everything in her power to make sure we were prepared, whether it was handling play calls and signaling and recognizing we needed to work through the noise. But to not have her on the field is a tremendous fucking loss. And for us to step up the way that we did, there were other injuries, players that got injured that won't even really share what they went through. And I think about the loss that our team faced and I'm just really proud of that win. It felt like a complete team win. And I hold it near and dear into my heart. And I genuinely feel like it was the perfect ending to a football career. And I have to sort of sit with where I go from here and what I feel going forward. And if it makes sense for me to return to football. And that feels very self-serving to make this about me. But this is what happens when I record solo by myself. And I guess the last thing... I'll really say about all of it is I wish that there had been more support from fellow women's football players. And I remember looking around and we had the after party and there were tweets and likes and comments, but I look online and 
the negativity that comes out online when their success is from other women's football players. It's not even from naysayers anymore. And it's not even from men who are like, fuck it, women can't play football. Like, the bullshit comes from teams that aren't working hard. Like, the comments and the negative opinions and the complaining and the shit-talking Boston and the shit-talking the Vixen or the Blaze or the Dynamite or any other team that played, it all comes from other women. And it comes from women that are playing the sport. And I don't know if y'all realize how fucking petty you look that your team can't work hard and get its shit together. And instead of looking inward and thinking, what is my team doing wrong? How can we compete up against this team or that team? And how can we put a solid product on the field? And how can we compete and be in Canton? Y'all are just going to sit and shit talk. And to be honest, it's fucking embarrassing. Like, I'm embarrassed for you. It's comical that people spend more time talking shit online than they do playing, preparing for games. I mean, at this point, maybe don't call yourself a football player. Maybe call yourself a football observer or a football critic. Because from what I see from a lot of people nowadays, they are more content with complaining and whining than they are with bettering themselves as football players. And it's a lot of me, me, me. I want this. I want that. Not a lot of realization of, fuck, this is amazing. Look at where women's football is going. And I want to help get teams there and get my team there. And I just, that was probably the only sour note from the entire weekend is just seeing the negative comments and seeing the complaining and thinking, what are you doing? Like, what, what are you then doing to make yourself better and to get your team better? Because people aren't blind. Like we can see the comments, we can see the complaining and the whining and the shit talk. And think about how bad that makes your team look and makes you look that you get blown out by a team that's playing in championship weekend. And all you have to offer rather than yeah, they played well, or this was a great play they did on offense, or this is really how they shut it down defense, rather than offering up that perspective, all you're going to do is bitch. So I'm sure the people that bitch are not the ones that listen to this podcast, because I think the people that bitch like to keep their circle close and like to listen to things that make them happy rather than actually challenge themselves and challenge what their perspective is. But I sort of say that and offer up that perspective. But where do we go from here? I am definitely struggling. I don't know what football looks like going forward. I don't know if I know how to not give my time and attention to football come September for our first OTA. And I just, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my free time. I don't know what to do without a game. And I don't know how to handle the friendships I could lose because I can't relate because I'm not going to be at practice and understand what Johnny said in a drill and how frustrating so-and-so was. I'm, I'm not going to get those references anymore. I'm not going to be current. And so I sort of sit with myself now and think, what do I really have to offer the sport? And what do I have to offer the sport? And also, what does the sport have to offer me? Does it still give me the happiness I'm seeking? And does it still motivate me and excite me? And I don't know that the answer is yes right now. So I have a lot of thinking to do in the off season. And I have a lot of preparation to do, whether it's as a football player or as someone that just wants to continue to consume 4,000 calories a day. So 
I appreciate anyone that listened to this rambling. I somehow made a five-minute podcast into a well over a 20-minute podcast, but I appreciate the listening. I appreciate you sticking with us for cleat sheets, and I don't know where we go from here, but I do know I am forever grateful for the coverage that we've received, for what you all have done to better the sport, and for the support that you've given this podcast. If you are a listener and are interested in coming on, I might not be here, but we will definitely have someone as host and we will make sure that this continues. Maybe I'll learn how to edit. (laughs) Maybe not. But please connect with us on Cleat Sheets, Cleat underscore Sheets on Instagram and Cleat Sheets on Facebook. If you're interested on being interviewed or sharing your story, I will do everything in my power to stay connected to the sport, but I'll be very candid. I, I need to sit with myself and figure out where we go from here. And I hope it includes football. I don't know that it's going to, but I appreciate everyone for listening to me over these past few months, past few years, I can even say, and really appreciate the support and hope you stick with it and stick with the sport. So with that, I am Erin Redwood Truix of the Boston Renegades, and that is all I got. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.